a seat. Let's go ahead and get this service started. Praise the Lord for another day. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor, and we thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of God with the people of God, Father. We do not take it lightly that we have the ability physically to be here, Father. Thank you. With all the craziness, all the things that have gone on in our lives, Father, we thank you we have peace of mind and that we have the ability physically to be in the house of God. Father, you anoint and carry and and take hold and charge of this situation, all that is in our lives, the service today, everything that goes forth, let it be to glorify and edify the name of Jesus. Enemy of ours, I give you notice you are not wanted here. In Jesus' name, you must flee and do not return. Every person that walks through the door, let it the love of God be permeated in this house and that they would seek you father jesus in your precious and holy name we pray amen amen so today uh, i want to continue what we were talking about last week the seven churches of revelation and we are to use these as examples to learn from the good and also from the bad It's a very difficult thing when the Holy Spirit, when you're reading the Word and the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding you into the truth, which is God's Word, and down the paths of righteousness, as the uh, Psalms say, you lead me in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. It's hard when you look at yourself and have to judge yourself by the Word of God. It is not an easy task. It is not for the faint of heart by any means. And it can actually put you in a mood for several days when you start seeing your own ugliness in your life. Um, But it is to refine you, to purify you, to make you more like God. And and the word says, be ye holy as I am holy. That is a process that we go through each and every day. God has given us his spirit. We have all the fruit of the spirit, but we are forever looking and inspecting ourselves. The Bible says walk circumspectly, not only looking for the enemy, but we are looking at our own lives and dealing with our own issues. My sister, which I was blessed to have uh, here yesterday, she told me something that she had seen. She said, you know, your flesh doesn't care that you're going to hell because it knows it's not going with you. And that is a profound statement when you understand that a lot of times the enemy is not your enemy. It is your own flesh that rises up against you and seeks to destroy you. And, and I thought that was a pretty interesting thing that she, she said I had to share that with you. But let's, um, let's travel back to Revelations 2. We're going to pick up on the fourth church, Thyatira. It's chapter, uh, verse 18, uh, Revelations 2. It says, And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eye like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brash. Now, you know, our God is an all-consuming God. He is one that puts you through the fire, that walk, but doesn't just leave you and walk, send you alone. His feet are brass because he's walked that path with you. He went before you. He's going with you again. He is not going to leave you alone with anything that he sends you to do or asks you to do. He is always with you. He says, I know thy works and charity 
and service and faith and thy patience and thy works. And the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against you. But let me just tell you, all these churches had works, didn't they? Works ain't going to get you into heaven. It's a relationship with God. It's salvation. You may be judged as a child of God on your works for crowns of life or this, that, or the other. But it's not your works that are going to get you into heaven. Now, when you have Christ and you have the heart of Christ, you love like Christ. You love God so much that you're in the love and you see people with the eyes of Christ that you are going to do things for Christ. Because not only because you love him, but because you see the need in other people and you have that heart of God. So it takes you into unknown territory a lot. So works is good, charity, service. They had, they had patience, and they even had the last to be more than the first. And you can look at that two ways. You can look at they didn't see anyone was any different than the other person. We were all the same. We're all God's children. Just because I may sweep the floors and clean the toilets in the church doesn't mean I'm any less important than a person that stands on this stage and worships and prays and teaches we are all the same. You know, we have this theory, we have this idea in the church that only the pastors and only the teachers are supposed to go out and witness and be Christ-like and bring people. No, no, baby. Once you took salvation, you become part of the kingdom. You became part of an army of God that goes out against the enemy, which is, as pastor taught, you know, the powers and principalities of this world not against flesh and blood but let's let's read what he had withstanding now this church is considered if you look in the new king james version the corrupt church it says notwithstanding i have a few things against thee because thou suffereth that woman jezebel which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sanctified unto idols Jezebel, if you remember back in 1 Kings and 2 Kings, she was uh, actually the daughter of a priest of the a prophet of Baal, a priest of Baal, you know, a false god that they, and she led Israel because she married Ahab the king at that time, and she led Israel into the worship of false prophet of Baal, which was a false god, which taught sexual sin. And, you know, you know, it was just debauchery. She was the servant of that. She was a greedy, murderous, evil woman. I don't know anyone that named their kid Jezebel this day. If you read the Bible, you'd never do it. She had a terrible life. She looked good. She, was, she, was the, she married the king. She looked, had looked like she had it all together. She was so greedy that she took Naboth's, you know, he had a, a vineyard. It's first king, I think it's 18, 19 or 21. And the king wanted it, and he tried to buy it. But he wouldn't give it up because it was his heritage to his children. Oh, Jezebel, she, de she despised a plan to get that vineyard for her husband. She was a very greedy and murderous woman, which led to the... Um, the killing of the of the uh, vineyard owner, so that her husband could obtain it. But she had a, uh, she come. You remember her? She come against Elijah. It was she killed all the prophets. Elijah stood against her. Remember, and you know on Mount Carmel, and all the you know God sends down the fire and the water. The water of the altar was watered. I don't know how many times, and he still burned up the altar. 
to show that he was the true God. And Elijah run from her because she threatened to kill him. And we have that great story of a prophet, who, a man of God, who still was threatened by this woman. She had lots of power. She was the king's, she was the queen, essentially. But um, she was someone who led servants astray. She brought in falsehood. This is why it's important, and and you'll hear us say it. Not everybody with you is for you, even in the church. It is the responsibility of the pastors and the leaders and the people of God when we see something that is not of God to bring it to the proper authorities' attention and to make sure that falsehood is let out, let out, is not allowed to permeate and and to grow and and the seeds be planted and grow in the church and this is what God had against him he said that you have allowed this prophet to teach and seduce my servants and says and he he, verse 21 says I gave her space to repent of her fornication and she repented not he came to this person and gave her the opportunity to, to make things right with him and she repented not that's pride Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But I say unto but, uh, but unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many have not this doctrine, and which have not known the debts of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. But that which you have already held fast till I come, and he that overcometh and keepeth my works until the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star, and he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So there was a few in the church that had not been deceived by this prophet. And they had held fast, they had overcome, they have kept his word, and to him there was a promise of everlasting, not, uh, not to be you know, counted up into the, uh, what tribulation was coming, what judgment was coming. So this church was considered the corrupt church. Um, it's important that we know the word of God and that we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into truth. We are not to be led by our flesh. We don't walk by sight. We walk by the Spirit. Romans 6 and 12 through 14, New Living says, We are to sin no longer is your master. Once you become a child of God, sin no longer has a hold on you. It can no longer control you, save you give it that power. As pastor says, do you give it permission? So let's go on to the next church. The church of Sardis, it was called a dead church. And I have been in a dead church. I have prayed to God and I said, why am I here? Because this church is dead. And I had to give 
direction. I had to stay there and be what I was called to be at that time as much as I could be for this church and pray that the Lord, and he did, he honored what I did. I obeyed him. I did what I was supposed to do, but the time came that I was taken away. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, that thou livest, thou have a name, that thou livest, and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If, therefore, thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled thy garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. And he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit say unto the church. I walked, I didn't even realize I was so young in my ministry and my walk that I wasn't understanding where I was. I just know that it was just dead. There was just the same thing over and over and over. And being spiritually fed was few and far between. And I was praying one day, and I was like, oh, what am I supposed to do? Well, you know, how, how am I supposed to operate in this church? And he says, I know that you're in a dry place. Dry. That's dry. There's nothing there to preserve life. But he said, I am with you. And that was simply all he said. He didn't say move. He didn't say go. He didn't say. He said, stand still. And boy, that's hard. <laughs> That's hard. Are we going to be a dead church? Now, remember, the church is not the building. The church is the people. This is where God lives within us. What kind of church are you going to be? They had the name to be alive. I bet they had the best praise team, the best programs, the best music, the biggest building. They had all the funding they had, but they were dead. They were dead. How do you die is when you put everything else before God or leave God out your your priority yeah you refuse to walk in the will of God sometimes we want to appease man we want to appease numbers we want to peace you know make ourselves look good and there's so many pastors that have let God go and their churches are dead are we going to sustain and be a dead church there was a few in the church that were watchful but strengthen what remains he said there was a little bit there and that was my biggest thing after leaving a church I was like you know there's my sister told me she said you got to do what God tells you to do and she said Sonia there's always good people there there's always a remnant there but when God says go it's time to go it's time to leave and so we had to when God gave direction and when the words came forth, actually, God told my husband, I said, when you hear these words come out of the mouths of those above us, that is your sign that we are supposed to take our family and go. And it took months 
But those words were spoke to him just between the two of them, not within my earshot, not with anybody else's earshot. And I said, when you hear that word, those words, then it is time for us to leave. And he come to me one day and he said, I heard what you, were, what you said. And I said, then it's time for us to find a new church. It's time to find a new home. Where is God deriving us? I'm sorry? Then you're out of the will of God. Yeah, well, I don't know. His, his timing is always his timing. But do you want to stay and be dead too? You will die. Yeah. I know, I know. If you stay, you're in sin, first of all. You're outside of the will of God. And I can tell you, I've lived outside the will of God, haven't you? Oh, it's never a pleasant place to live. You live like in hell every day. <laughs> I mean, it's true because you're outside his will. You're outside of, of the will of God. Now, I'm not saying he won't come to you and keep trying to put you into the right place. He will. But sometimes you endure the drought. <laughs> and you're waiting for that raven to feed you. Oh, that's a place to be. So let's go on. And that's called, that one was called the dead church. The dead church. We have a choice. The Holy Spirit, things are moving and shaking in this world, even in the natural world. In the spiritual world, God is moving and he's bringing these sermons and everything our pastor is teaching us because we have work to do, but we have a choice to make. And he wants us to keep us on the correct path for our calling, for our, it's not just my calling, a pastor's calling, it's your calling. You are brought to this church for a reason. The pastor will say it many times in this pulpit. Not everyone is called to this church. This is different. We look different. We come from different backgrounds. We are not, haven't been raised the same in most of us. But that doesn't mean we ain't brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And we each have something to apply and give to the army of God, which will help with the strategies that we need in the, in the years to come. Verse uh, 7 we got two more churches. It says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true. Notice he is different things to each of these churches. He said he is what they need. He that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and he that shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. And no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hath not denied my name. That's, that's very important. Behold, I will make thee uh, make of thee of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. 
Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. The Philadelphia church was the faithful church. They kept the word. They didn't deny his name. They, uh, they per- persevered even with little strength. And God had an open door for them. That's where I want. I want an open door. I want to be able to minister to people that I couldn't touch in the natural. I want to be a blessing to everyone because we are just God's children. We each came and we're born the same way. And he loves us all. Jesus didn't die just for the pastors and the teachers and the singers. No, he died for everyone. Whosoever. Whosoever. I love that thought that he has an open door for them. I love the thought that he says, I love you and I'm going to keep you. If you take the open door, we have an open door. God is not leaving us without options. He's not going to leave us alone. He doesn't want us just to stay here and be stagnant. He says, I have an open door for you. A lot of times that's just an opportunity to minister in a different fashion, in a different place or a different way. He didn't take them from where they were, but he was opening doors for them. A lot of us who have experienced open doors since we have become Christians, but it didn't come without choices. We had to choose to walk through those open doors. And I thank God for the open doors, as scary as they may be, because you're looking at it in the natural and you're going, I don't have the strength. And I remember saying these words, nor the wisdom. To do what you have asked me to do, Lord. But you know what I found out? As Paul says, when I am weak, he is strong. When I am weak, he is strong. John put it this way. He said, I must decrease so that he can increase. you got to quit looking at you. But you've got to stay in this word. You've got to stay in his presence because, you know, in his presence, in his word, there is strength. I'm not afraid because he is strong. I'm not afraid because he is strong. It's not my strength. I just have to show up and do what he told me to do. I have to study and show myself worthy of my calling. I have to look my part and talk my part. I have to choose to be his Vessel. Pour the oil in me, Lord. Give me what I need. And I tell you the story a million times over a stupid shirt. I had to make a choice. Do you want to look fashionable, Sonia? He says, I've called you higher. Is this what you want? Is this what your flesh wants to look pretty? To draw attention away from you, and this applies to me. I don't know how God talks to you, but he gets in your closet. He gets in everything. He says, is that what you want? You can have it if you want it, but you can't have my calling. I have called you up higher. 
And when the Holy Spirit spoke those words to me, I walked away from it. In a week, I went back to it. <laughs> Look, God, it's on sale. <laughs> he said, I called you higher. I walked away again. Stupid little shirt. It was just my, that was my decision, my turning point. Seems so insignificant to you. But that was my choice. Do you want this, the world, or do you want what I have for you, Sonia? That's basically what it boiled down to. And we get those choices every day. Every day. Let's go on. The next church, verse 14 of Revelation 3. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wast cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich. I am increased with goods, and I have need of nothing. And knowest thou not that thou art a wretch, wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked? Your material things may define you, or at least you think they do. But in the spirit realm, you are nothing. I don't care what car you drive, what house you live in. I don't care what your labels in your clothes. I don't care, and neither does God. He doesn't choose you on that basis. He may give you those things when you are able to handle them. Because a lot of times, like these Laodiceans, they had need of nothing. Not even God. Not even God. They were neither hot nor cold. They're considered the lukewarm church. I look a good game. I present a good game, but I'm dead on the inside. I'm just here to be seen. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that thou, that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and ointment, and anoint thy eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous for therefore and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I overcame and, and sit down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. I was researching this, and they pretty much said that these are the things that this city exported. They had gold, they had the fine garments, and they had the medicine, medicinal issues to make healing ointments and things. And I think that's so funny. He said, come and buy that from me. Come and buy it from me. What I give you, you can't get in the natural salvation tried by fire, made into purity, be ye holy. And the word, which is an eye salve that, fall, that will put on your eyes and heal you, 
heal your vision. I think that's interesting. Matthew 6 and 24 says we cannot serve two masters. There are two identities in this book, in the book of the Bible. There are sheep and goats, Matthew 25, 31 through 33. There are wheat and tares, Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30. And then there's the branches that are connected to the vine and the branches that refuse the vine. That's John 15. The branches that don't produce fruit were cut off and thrown into the fire. There are two identities in this book. Which one will you identify with? Which one will become your identity? Matthew 12, 30 says, Love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment, Jesus said. This is the first commandment. How are you going to love him? Which church are you going to be? You are his inhabitation. You are his church. He sends you forth to speak because he can't speak to those that are not of his that can't hear them. Not that they can't, but they won't. They won't choose to hear. But they can hear your voice. They can see your life. You are his witness. 1 Corinthians 11.31 says, For if we would judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. Every day, in the word, look at your life. How does that show up in my life or does that show up in my life? If you will judge yourself now and let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you into that truth, come judgment day, that won't be an issue, will it? If you judge yourself now. Seven churches of revelation. Revelation is the real revealing of Jesus Christ. He always starts with his own. Always starts with his own. He can't judge others until he starts with us first. Are you a testimony for him? What identity in this book have you taken? Do you identify with God and his children? Or with the goats and the tares and the branches that didn't produce fruit? That's somebody within the church. That's one of his, that's one of his own claiming. And most of these churches you read about had something in the church that was a problem. Enemy always comes through that door. He sends people in to sow deceit and lies. You've got to have enough of God in you and the word to know when you're dealing with who you're dealing with. Judge yourself, though, so that you will not be judged. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you because you are revealing your heart and your mind to us, this church, those under the sound of my voice. Help us, Lord, to realize that this judging that has to go on is not for our demise, but it is for our good. It is for the good of the kingdom. It is for our ministry as children of God, as the army of God that you have sent us forth. It is for us to be able to recognize and see the enemy before he approaches, Father. 
even our own flesh. Father, give these words seed in our hearts and let them grow and produce mighty fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.